the awaiting of Jesus Christ, the King. I love it. It's like Lord of the Rings, the return of the King. That's what Advent's all about. We are celebrating the birth of the Messiah. We are celebrating the birth of the Holy One. The Savior of the world has come to save us from our sins. We are celebrating the birth of this. This is no birthday, guys. This is, no, this is a birthday like none other. When I was growing up, we'd celebrate my cat's birthday. <laughs> and I'm serious. The birth of Jesus Christ is astronomically more important than the birth of my cat. I love my cat. I'm a total cat man, but I'll be real with you. Jesus is king. He's number one. This is not like any other birthday. And the second part of Advent, like I said, it's the return of the king. We know that Christ has come down. He has brought the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is here, but it's not yet fully here. We're going to talk about that more later. But Christ came. He did some ministry for us. He healed. He did wonders. And he showed us how we ought to live. And then after his crucifixion, he ascended up to heaven. And now we await the return of our king. So as we're diving into this, I got a slide up here. Do you guys know what this is? Okay, yes, it's GameStop. But what, what, what's happening right here? They're waiting. I don't know if you guys ever did this, but when I was a wee lad of 16 years old, I would go to GameStop for the midnight release of Call of Duty. And I'm lying. It started when I was in the sixth grade, carried over to middle school. I was there for the Black Ops release, the Black Ops 2 release, just the golden era of Call of Duty. And not just this, but God of War 2. I, I used to be a really big gamer. Have you guys ever stood at one of these things where they released the game at midnight? You're missing out. It's a pretty good time. <laughs> okay, but, okay. If you guys aren't into waiting for movies, how many of you guys have ever seen a movie the day that it's released? It's ecstatic, right? People are looking cool. They're dressing up in costumes. They're making jokes. Everyone's got their popcorn and everything. And if I'm being real, when I worked at Regal Cinemas over the course of like two and a half-ish years, I saw at least eight or nine movies the day that they came out. I love the premiere nights. There's always so much excitement. There's always so much hubbub. And there's just people really just eager there. People have been waiting for a long time. There's a video game. Some of you guys may know it. It's a franchise. It's called Skate. Oh, yeah. You got some Skate fans. I loved Skate 1. Skate 2, arguably one of the best video games ever created. I'm a big fan of Skate 2. And Skate 3 was good. But you know what? Skate 3 came out in 2010. I have been waiting on Skate 4 for 12 years. So the people at EA, they need to step this up and they need to speed this game up because I don't like to wait. But if we're looking at all these things, guys, with movies, with video games, my sister loves to wait for the makeup releases. A lot of the times, we like to wait for stuff. We get very antsy, and we get a sense of urgency because we know that something is coming. Have you guys order, ever ordered a pizza? And you don't know when it's coming, but you know, it, you know it'll come to your house. You don't know when it's going to arrive, but you know it'll be there. <laughs> so, guys, 
this all sounds very silly, but this is exactly where the people in the kingdom of Israel were for a long time. For a very long time, the people of Israel, they knew with Adam and Eve, sin entered the world. They knew that we were doomed. And the prophets, they wrote. All over the Old Testament, there is scripture attesting that a Savior will come. A Messiah will be born to save Israel, to bring redemption to the world, and just to bring all goodness back. That's the thickness of the gospel. And these people, they waited and waited and waited. And eventually, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born. I have some scripture up here. It's going to be in Luke 2, uh, 27. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sorry, I had to send that. 27 to 32. So if you guys would please stand up for the word of God right now. We're going to be reading this. If, you got, if we can please get someone to please pass out some Bibles around, that would be very lovely. So, yes, I have, a little, I have a little blurb right here, and I have another piece of scripture on the tail end. I wanted to include both of them, but I didn't want to just have like a big snooze fest of just a big, a big just paragraph of uh, scripture. So we're going to go through two of them. So, yeah, so I'm just going to give you guys a minute to get you all your, get your Bibles ready. What a servant. Props to this guy right here. I saw him going around like three times passing Bibles. Give, give him a round of applause. Oh, my God. What a guy. Okay. Luke 2.27-32. This is talking about Simeon. This Sim, it could be Simeon or Simon. I'm sorry. But this Simeon, it says it. This is a little bit before, but it says that this man was righteous and devout. Waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So we see Israel is waiting for comfort. Israel is waiting for someone to hold them tight and to restore them, to bring them back. And in Luke 2, we see that Simeon, the Holy Spirit, speaks to him and reveals to him that he will see the Messiah. So this is right after, that's what's going on beforehand. Jesus is born. His parents take him to the temple to consecrate him. And as they're there, this guy, he sees baby Jesus. And this is what happens. Verse 27. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. All right. There's one other piece I read after that. Of a prophetess. Do you guys know what a prophetess is? A female prophet. So uh, just a little bit over. It's going into verses 36 to 38. It says, And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. 
She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. All right, guys, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to wake up this morning, Lord. Thank you so much for just allowing us to come into the church, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to learn of, about you, to love you deeper each and every day, Lord. And just most importantly, we thank you for the cross and for the gospel of Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, as I wanted to go on about uh, this little thing on Advent, I wanted to formulate some questions so we could really just di dive through this scripture and just dive through the meaning of Advent as a whole. So the first thing that I was thinking about, you got, you got to start your questions and just build off them from there. So my first question, to some people it might sound a little silly, to some people it might sound like actually a good question. So for my very first question that I have, you guys can use your little handouts here too. I know you guys love homework on the weekends. So if you guys want some homework on the weekends, you guys can fill this out. But the first question that I wanted to really just look at, why is the birth, why is the birth of Christ so special? Why is the birth of Christ so special? From the reactions of Simeon and Anna, we see that these people are glorifying the name of the Lord. They are praising him. They are worshiping him. And both of these people identify and they can see that there is something different about Jesus. This is not just another baby being born. They recognize through the spirit that this was the son of God and this was the long-awaited Messiah. They knew that this child would grow up and that this Jesus was bringing a long-awaited redemption and the kingdom of God. So as we're tying into this, so Jesus is the son of God. Why is the birth of Christ so special? The birth of Christ is so special because God has come down to earth to restore our brokenness and to restore our relationships with him, with our God. That is why the birth of Christ is so special. You see, when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they formed a separation between us and God. There was a chasm that lay between us. And there was no way that we could save ourselves. No one was ever righteous. No one was ever good. We're, we're just a fallen people. It's part of our nature. It's part of our human nature. And we recognize that we cannot pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And God saw this. And God wanted us to have a relationship with us. He wanted to fix us. He wanted to heal our hearts. And he wanted us to bring us back with him. He wanted to eliminate that chasm. And that could only have been possible by sending his son Jesus Christ down to us. Our brokenness is restored by the blood that Jesus shed on that cross. 
As Jesus lived a holy and a perfect life, his blood was enough and it was sufficient to cover our sins. And as we see that Jesus had a perfect life, we see that he has shown us how we ought to live. God has given us life. And he didn't just ditch us on the side of the road and said, hey, I'll see you on the other side. God gave us life. He provided us with the roadmap. He provided us with scripture. He provided us with the spirit and with his son Christ so that we can be saved by him. He gave us the blood of Christ so that we can have eternal life and live with God forever in heaven. The birth of Christ is so special because this is something that's been, this is something that's been in the works for a long time. Like, you know when they make a movie, they start, um, they, start, uh, they start writing the script, they start filming, and then like five, six years later the movie comes out. This is like that, but like even longer period of time. With the birth of Christ, prophecies are being fulfilled. And people see that God is moving. The birth of Christ is what the world has been waiting for. It's what Jerusalem has been waiting for. This is what will save our souls. This is something so much bigger than staying up all night so we can catch the midnight release of Infinity War. This is something so much bigger. What not just Simeon and Anna, not just them, but the peoples, they were awaiting their king. They were awaiting this person who was going to surpass all their leaders before. And they were hungry. And with the birth of Christ, that is what they received. So moving in, now that we got some background about why the birth of Christ is special, I wanted to think, like, why should we celebrate Advent? And that goes into my second question. Why should we celebrate Advent? And as I identify in the slide, we celebrate Advent to glorify the birth of Christ our King and to remember God's faithfulness to us. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we are celebrating Christ the King. This is not just another birthday. This is the birthday of all birthdays. The Savior of the world is born, and hallelujah, we need a praise. You guys like it when people celebrate your birthday. Why don't we celebrate the Son of God's birthday? This is something beautiful. With Advent, it is a time of reflection, prayer, and worship. It really allows us to honor Christ's life, his ministry, and it just pulls us into closeness with him. I don't know about you guys, but I always feel so just smothered. In November, in December, there's midterms, Thanksgiving break, finals, Christmas break, the holidays. There's a lot going on. There is so much going on. And I don't mean to scare you, but as you get older, life moves faster. Things get more busy. And I think one of the main reasons why I love Advent so much is because in this season of franticness, in this season of worry, of assignments, of just mountains of homework and work to do, we can slow down. 
God wants us to slow down. Jesus took his time in his ministry, and he was not in a hurry. With Advent, we can take this in as well, and we can slow down. We can Sabbath. We can practice silence and solitude, just as Christ did. We can run away and just talk to, have our own alone time with God. We can worship him and praise him for all the miracles that he performed. Because if you think about it, in our time frame, in right now, in 2022, in Lakewood, Long Beach, California, whatever you want to call it, how blessed are we? We were born following Christ's life. There were people that waited and waited and waited for Christ, but they never got to see him. Abraham waited. Moses waited. David, Solomon, Zerubbabel, Ezra, Nehemiah, all of them. All of these people waited and they longed for the Christ. They longed for the full redemption and the revival. But they didn't see it. So look at us. I think that we should have an attitude of gratitude towards the fact that we can just think of all the people before us that were waiting. And in our time frame, Christ has already come. He has already healed. He has already proclaimed the gospel. And he has set us free. We have an opportunity. We have access to the scriptures. Here in the United States, we have so much Bibles, we're just giving them away. In other parts of the world and in other times of the world, people died for this. People wish that they could have this. And ladies and gentlemen, we have them like we just have them like they're going out of style. I think that with Advent, we should take some time to remember how great God has been to us, how faithful he has been to us. Christ has justified us. He has sanctified us. He has washed us and made us clean, as 1 Corinthians tells us. Jesus Christ truly did something tremendous on that cross as he took on our sin. I'm going to steal something I heard Pastor Allen say this morning. I thought it was awesome. But as Martin Luther said, as Christ was on the cross, he became the greatest sinner. Because he took on everyone's sin, and we took on his righteousness. Christ gave us his robes of righteousness and adopted us into the holy family. Praise God. We need to celebrate that guy's birthday. We love the Lord, and he has saved us. Why should we celebrate Advent? Why? Because without Christ, we have nothing. We should celebrate Advent because without Christ, we have no salvation, we have no hope, and we have no freedom. We are still bound to our sin. So now, as we await Christ, I want to take us now into Matthew 24, verses uh, 42 to 44. I have a slide up here. We celebrate Advent because we know that Christ will return. You guys don't have to stand for this one. But. So Matthew 24, 42 to 44 reads, Therefore, stay awake, 
For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Jesus himself said that he is coming back. So, my next question that I wanted to guide us in the study of Advent, what do we know about the return? So, what I got here is that what we know about the return is that the kingdom of God is here, but is not yet fully here. I'm going to dive into this in just a second. And the fact that we don't know when Christ will return does not nullify his return. So, going into the kingdom of God is here, but not yet fully here. As Christ came down, he brought the kingdom of God with him. And the kingdom of God was here. As John the Baptist says, as Jesus himself says, the kingdom of God is here with the ministry happening, with the deaf receiving, with, with the deaf receiving, ah, hearing, with the blind receiving sight, with the dead being raised. The kingdom of God is here. But when Christ returns, that is when the full eminence and the full reality of the kingdom of God being here will fully, fully be here. So that's part of Advent. We are awaiting the full arrival, the entire arrival of the kingdom of God on earth. And just getting into this, so I, some people will be like, yeah, but how do we know that Jesus is really going to return? How do we really know that? With the reliability of Scripture, there are so many prophecies. There are so many books that speak of Christ's return, and I trust it. Christ said he would die and come back to life, and he did. Jesus said Peter would deny him, and that happened. Jesus said he would send his spirit, and the spirit came. Jesus said the temple would be torn down, and it was. So if Jesus says he's going to come back, I believe him. I do not think that Christ will return. I do not hope that God will return. I know with every bit in my heart that Christ will return. There is still work to do, and Christ has overcome the world. Christ has solidified the kingdom, but it will not fully be here until he returns to the earth. And going into my final question, what do we do with this information? So all you, all you students in here today, what I say we are to do is we are to cling to Christ. We need to hold him fast and share the gospel with other people. And may we praise the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. By clinging to Christ, we anticipate his return. As, Matthew, as the verse in Matthew stated, Jesus said it himself, we don't know when Christ is coming back. Christ could come back tomorrow three weeks, or in 58 years. No one knows. So we must always check your heart. This is something that it's, I do this myself. You need to check your heart. Check your motives and see where you are in your relationship with Christ. Seek growth. Seek, to be spiritually, seek for spiritual formation. Don't seek for moral formation. In this time of Advent, it's a time to really just dive into spiritual disciplines and wait with joy. 
Because I know it sounds scary, Christ is coming back. That, I remember that used to scare me when I was a kid. I was like, oh, shoot, that's the end of the world. But if you guys think about it, we are his children. We do not need to fear the return of Christ. If anything, we should be leaping for joy at the return. We know that we are saved. We know that we are justified and that we have been adopted by the king of glory. And finally, just if, if this, like I said, if this scares you, I think that with this, we should use this opportunity to share the gospel. Because there are people out there that don't know. There are people out there that are not saved. There are people out there that do not have a relationship with God. And I'm going to ask you a question that Pastor Brent asked me, and it struck a chord in me. I was like, oh, it got me good. When was the last time that you told someone about your faith in Jesus? Like I said, this one stabbed me in the heart, so I'm not trying to poke you too hard. But when was the last time you shared the gospel with someone else? For me, it was a while, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but guys, I'm not saying this to put you down. I'm not saying this for anything. It's just something that we all need to work on. As we know Christ is returning, we need to go out and spread seeds. We do not need to fully make full-on converts. That's what God does. What we need to do is love the world, be a light in the darkness, love others, and just testify of what God's done to us. We are waiting in this present moment. We are waiting for something so much better than a video game release, than a movie release. In the case of my sister, uh, the new makeup release. We are awaiting something beautiful. We are awaiting the return of Christ our King and the kingdom of God. So please do not fear and rejoice for the Lord. And let us enter into this season of Advent with open and softened hearts. And may we testify and tell the world of the wonderful work of Jesus Christ our Lord. All right, I'm going to pray us out. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for what you did on that cross, Lord. May we never grow numb to the cross. May we never grow numb to your love, Lord, and may your love fill us so deeply that we can't control it, and all that comes out of our mouth is praise for you and testimony of your gospel and of your life, Lord. Thank you, and please bless all of these students as they return to school, and let them all have a wonderful week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <laughs>